Hello, and welcome to the Fighting for Connection podcast. I'm Brett Nicola, a husband, father, and fun lover. Listen in as I share stories, tips, and inspiration that will move you toward the connection that you want in your relationship. All right, welcome back to the Fighting for Connection podcast. Today I have with me a special repeat guest here in the studio in my office, in our office. I have with me Leanne Nimala. Welcome back onto the podcast. Thank you, Brett. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's fun just to, we've had uh, a lot of various conversations over the last few months. Uh, you've joined our little Thursday morning marketing group and, um, and I've watched as you've had a lot more activity over there in your office and it's just fun to see you uh, doing what you love and, and really diving into this work and, and building your uh, business there. Maybe you could just share for those who haven't heard your first episode, which I would encourage you to go back. I don't have it right offhand, but early on in this podcast, um, Leanne was on the on the podcast and, and shared a lot of her business background, what she's doing and, and how she's helping. But maybe in just like a 30 seconds or a minute, you could share with everyone here uh, who you are and what's important about you and what you do. All right. Um, so I'm Leanne, and I have my bachelor's in counseling with an emphasis in addiction. Um, I also am a certified family recovery coach. Mm-hmm. And currently, I'm licensed in alcohol and drug counseling. However, I'm working underneath the um, title as a recovery coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with families that have been impacted by addiction. Um, yeah, so we work together to figure out how we navigate through um, the, the different pains and struggles and fears and frustrations that addiction brings. And then we learn to recognize that we aren't um, powerless mm-hmm. to help our loved one. We are powerless over their addiction, mm-hmm. but we're not powerless to help them. Yeah. And so in my office, we learn how to um, work with them in the, in the supportive, healthy ways mm-hmm. where it doesn't consume us and doesn't take away from our personal life necessarily. Mm-hmm. But we learn like effective communication, um, just different, yeah. different supportive techniques. Yeah. It's been so fun to have you as a resource, Leanne. Um, you know, in, in my work that I do with my clients, I know that I'm not like a one-stop shop for those clients and that so many of them need, you know, uh, kind of a wellness teams, other supportive, uh, resources and, and, uh, and and professionals who can help them through whatever they're going through. The title of today's podcast is going to be supporting families through mental health and addiction challenges. And when I have, you know, someone who kind of fits that description, someone who comes in as a client and they are uh, maybe impacted by someone else who is facing uh, some sort of addiction challenge. It's been so easy and comfortable for me to be able to send them over to you, Leanne, uh, because I know the work that you do there is so valuable to them just to let them know, number one, that they are impacted too. And they are going through, I think even in our last podcast, you talked about this recovery process that they're, they're going through and you have a way in, in our conversations, when we ta- we've talked about it, you have a way of really helping even normalize that experience, number one. But number two, you have really impactful tools that allow for those clients to to navigate through that difficult challenge. And um, and it's just been awesome to have you just right there across uh, the waiting room for me to refer clients over to. And and uh, and I can say that uh, the work that you do is is so important and valuable. So uh, maybe you could just share a little bit about um, the tools that you do use and and how you help uh, families who are, are facing these sort of challenges. Yeah, well, for one, we it's important for us to recognize that we are impacted. I know I resisted that um, recognition for a long time. I didn't want to admit that that I was struggling or that mm-hmm. I was that that my husband's addiction was impacting me in the way it was. I wanted to be, I wanted to be stronger than that. Mm -hmm. And I thought I considered myself, um, 
inadequate or, you know, it just contributed to more of my, my feelings of inadequacy as a wife. Mm -hmm. If I also admitted that I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. So once I got to a point that it was okay, if I'm struggling, it's okay. Cause that's how I'm going to get better is by mm -hmm. saying, actually, I'm, I need help. Yeah. Um, so to help families get to that point where they can be okay with be, be okay with be, you know, it's obvious, it's obviously you're going to be hurting. Mm -hmm. Obviously you've been impacted. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with, you know, them disappearing, the use, the the financial difficulties, the depression, the mm -hmm. um, anxieties that it all brings. So it's for one recognizing all that, and then from there, we can learn how to reframe the way we think about what we're going through. So if we, we for one, we we stop taking it personal. Mm -hmm. It's it, that's the first thing I want to tell my families is it's never about them. Mm. We always think it's about us right off mm -hmm. the bat. We we're not doing something right, or or or, or it's our fault. Totally. Or somehow we're contributing to this. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's it's just plain and simply that they struggle with addiction. That's mm -hmm. it. And so when we can get that to that point, then we can start working on having compassion for their struggle. Yeah. And when you can um, establish some compassion, then you can also um, eliminate some of that um, anger and that defense mm -hmm. um, and, and reacting emotionally to their different the different behaviors that take place with addiction. Mm hmm. And then we also, um, then from there, learn effective communication, yeah. um, motivational interviewing, that style of communication, so we yeah. can turn the, turn it into a question versus demanding and and um, assuming and um, manipulating in some ways the mm -hmm. outcomes. We mm -hmm. can kind of more um, empower them. Yeah, you know, we believe in them. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, and and I would say I see like the the power of your tools through you, Leanne, in a, in a unique way, because uh, what I found is with like so many things, especially it seems like with addiction, but with, with a lot of different experiences in life, uh, it's, it's one thing to learn these tools from somebody, mm -hmm. but it's a whole nother thing to learn them from somebody who's been there, mm -hmm. who gets it, who mm -hmm. has like the language. And I know just you sharing that little piece uh, there's people out there who are like, oh, Leanne is someone that I can turn to because she gets it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and there's like a trust that's formed mm -hmm. between you guys who've been there, mm -hmm. who've gone through the trenches, who know what this is all about. And and your ability to to bring that experience alongside of the tools that you've learned, mm -hmm. I think is it's it's just so valuable and and something that can't necessarily be duplicated in in a classroom it's uh it's mm -hmm. the what do they call it the the classroom of hard knocks you know of mm -hmm. of experience and um and so as we kind of turn our focus onto this topic of how do we support families uh who are experiencing these types of challenges especially uh when you talk Leanne, about addictions what are some of the most important things that we want to consider when we think of like these families who are impacted by uh, maybe a parent or a, even a sibling or, or someone close to them who is struggling with addiction? Like what's kind of the first uh, thing after we, we get those, like we get them to that place like, hey, you're struggling and that's okay. That's normal. Um what do we do with like a, a family in that situation or what, what do you do with a family in that situation who maybe we can just set it up as, as a parent who's, who's facing an addiction? How, how can we best support them? The first thing I'd like to do is validate them. Mm -hmm. I validate their pain because mm -hmm. that's, people need to be heard. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's easy to dismiss our own pain when we put so much focus on, at least from my experience, I put so much focus on, um, my husband struggled with addiction that I neglected my own pain yeah. because I saw his own struggle and his own pain and his journey. Mm -hmm. So then when it came time to talk about how, how I struggled, it, um, it was really, it meant so much for someone to say, you know what, of course you're going to feel that way. Mm -hmm. It's understandable. Mm -hmm. It's normal. Mm -hmm. You know, all those things. So that's what I like to tell my clients is what you're going through is completely normal. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to be expected that you're impacted in this way. Yeah. So that's where I start because I feel like when people are validated and they're heard, then that, mm -hmm. that gets them to a point where they're able to even open up even more. Yeah. Cause they, they feel like they trust then, yeah. you know, that, okay, I'm not so crazy. Yeah. No, I've, I found that to be so important too in my own life and experiences and also with my clients that, 
uh, you know, the brain is really, it's, it's saying what it's saying for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's saying like, this is, so I'm going crazy or I'm, you know, something's gone terribly wrong here or whatever. We have to first like understand that that's, that's what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and our brain is, is always on the, on the, uh, task of keeping us safe and and looking out for danger and all those kinds of things so when it's letting us know something like that we should we should listen to mm-hmm. it and be aware like okay that is what it's saying mm-hmm. and when we're when we can validate that our brain can rest mm-hmm. our brain can be like okay you hear me you've heard my alarm right you've mm-hmm. heard my alert and once we once we can hear that and we've been validated in that mm-hmm. i've watched how um, it doesn't make it worse it doesn't make it, you know, you more crazy or it doesn't make you more uh, anxious or anything like that. It just, it almost takes a, a breath, a sigh mm-hmm. of relief. It's like, phew, yeah. you heard me. Yeah. And then once once that kind of, we can regulate like that, uh, what what comes next? What, what do you kind of feel like is, is the next step in that process, Leanne? So then, then we kind of like at, you know, after we validate, I ask them, well, what, can you tell me more what you've been experiencing? Because now that we have the emotion and how difficult it is, now people are able to actually voice and explain how it's been and what they're, where they're at with, mm-hmm. you know, so we go through that. Um, and why do you think that's important just to kind of share like, okay, here's what's actually going on? Because it, I think it's important to meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. I can't determine a, a direction with them unless I understand exactly where they're at in the process sure. of this. And and having lived it for so many um, years myself, um, there not one person throughout my whole process said something wrong, mm-hmm. but it just I wasn't in a place ready to hear it. Oh wow! Yeah. So. I want to understand where they're at because I can put myself then. Okay. I remember when I was feeling that way. And I remember when I wanted to blame the whole world Mm. for where I was, where where I was at, where my husband was at. It was everybody's fault. Mm. And so now when I, when someone comes in and says, well, this happened and this happened and this happened, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's why I don't have to be like, I don't correct them. I just say, I understand that this this is, we want to make sense. Yeah of, of what, what's happening and why things are happening. Yeah. And that's the first thing we do as humans is, is when we can make sense of it, then we can move forward. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I like to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're just really listening and, and hearing where they're at. And then, um, and then from there, you know, what, is, what do you find is, is some of like the most impactful, um, tools or modalities or, uh, things that you've been able to implement with clients that have really allowed for them to get some traction or get some uh, movement forward as they come in and and they're you know right where wherever they are at. Uh, what do you feel like you kind of turn to to begin like the process of helping them find some some sort of um, support or or mm-hmm. relief or or uh, growth? So. There's two things. One is um, we talk about practicing the pause. Mm-hmm. So whenever we learn something new, we need to practice it. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we react out of the same mold we have mm-hmm. been reacting out of. So if we practice the pause, that gives us a couple seconds to be like, okay, actually, how do I want to react? Yeah. What do I want to say? Yeah. You know. And so that's we talk about that, and then we also talk about wow. um, the. interaction changing the way we're interacting with them Mm -hmm. so i think for a lot of us we get to a point where we're trying to control the situation Mm -hmm. or control the other person Mm -hmm. and not that we think that i don't i don't i didn't necessarily walk around saying i'm going to control this you know but it's we're so afraid that we think we can put things in place or Mm -hmm. to try stop this behavior Mm -hmm. where um so then we start demanding or we start giving ultimatums or we start um pleading and I mean, we, 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 the whole spectrum yeah. of different behaviors and that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So then, um, giving a tool to, to stop and pause yeah. and then think, well, okay, how do I want to communicate with this person? Should I pose it in a question? Mm-hmm. How do you think this is helping you? Yeah. You know? That. Yeah. So powerful because, and, and it's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have these reactions and responses in place that, you know, we've done our whole lifetime. Um, but I, I do agree with you, Leanne, that to have like some real intentional change in relationship dynamics, mm-hmm. uh, it does require us to like, not just 
fly on autopilot. You know, mm-hmm. it does require us to kind of take the wheel back over and and intentionally decide some some certain mm-hmm. things. And uh, I think that that is uh, and, and can be so powerful. Another thing that you kind of in t- uh, touched on that I think is is so true too is is we don't always like go out intending to control other people, but I do think that we we try to to keep our surroundings uh, as controlled as possible mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the things that I, I've talked about with my clients is this like fight, flight, freeze, fawn response mm-hmm. that comes up when we sense danger, you know, and oftentimes when we have uh, a loved one who's in a mental health or addiction crisis, it can feel really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so our brains do go into a fight, flight, freeze or fawn response. And kind of the pattern that I see a lot of times is usually we try to be really nice to get mm-hmm. them to do what we want them to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And then when that doesn't work, then we go to something else, right? Mm-hmm. And it can mm-hmm. be more criticism or anger or frustration mm-hmm. or contempt or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that even that process is, is very normal to experience. Mm-hmm. But as we become aware of it, now we can actually do something different about it. But mm-hmm. when we're when we don't have that awareness, we just do what we have always done, and mm-hmm. uh, and we kind of create the same dynamics that have always been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I think there's some some high level things here that are so uh, important to remember and hard to remember. Which is like the the addiction or that mental health crisis isn't about you. It's not because you mm-hmm. failed or, or mm-hmm. did something wrong or weren't you know, attentive or loving Mm -hmm. enough or caring Mm -hmm. enough or good enough or any of that, which those, those doubts can come in pretty, pretty closely and and quickly. Mm -hmm. And and then to also know that you you also don't have the ability to, um, to manage this in, Mm -hmm. in in really any effective way. You just have the ability to manage you, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is actually really powerful mm-hmm. to, to do that. So mm-hmm. maybe I, w- I wonder if we can kind of go there, Leanne, and just talk about the ways that you help families and, and your clients manage themselves in the face of, of uh, these kind of challenges. And, and even uh, I always love when you share kind of some of your own insight and, and perspective on this because it does mm-hmm. give, um, you know, I know so, so much uh, even a sense of, of, uh, validity, maybe if I could use that word to, uh, what you can, what you can do here. And, and the fact that I think these are things that you've used mm-hmm. and, and you found impactful and effective, mm-hmm. uh, is it, it gives it some credence for sure. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things that comes to mind when you ask that question is, um, is recently I took a training for invitation to change mm-hmm. and in there, they talked about the coin. Mm-hmm. And I never had a, a something to describe this, you know, such something so easy as the coin. But I remember thinking so often through um, through this journey with addiction that it's really, there's so much risk, mm-hmm. I felt like, involved in, in, but yet you love these people. Yeah. So I remember thinking one day, like, I love, I love him so much, but yet there's this side of him that is so painful. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember thinking how 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 you have to pick up both both yeah and and accept both sides of him at the same time. So in this training, they they talked about the coin. The one side was the lo- the love you have for the person. The other side is this addiction. And I'm and I remember just thinking, um, this is exactly what this is such of an easy way to explain yeah how to um. To navigate addiction with your loved one is yeah. you, you. It's a choice every day to pick up that coin mm-hmm. and accept, you know, your loved one for who they are, but mm-hmm. then also the addiction that they carry. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think like I talk about a similar concept. I, I call it the whole pie. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just take the filling; you got to take yeah. the crust too. Um, and, and and I think that that is challenging to do when mm-hmm. we're looking to be regulated through that person meaning mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out if mm-hmm. we're good enough or if mm-hmm. we're worthy enough or if we're lovable enough things like that mm-hmm. it's really hard to accept that person as as they are because we're trying to use them to accept ourselves yeah uh and and when we can 
recognize that um, that you know that that person and their behaviors are about them, and they they don't really have that impact on us. And when we can grasp that and begin to believe that, even for mm-hmm. moments, mm-hmm. we can now move and willingly pick up that whole coin mm-hmm. uh, because it's not so painful to us. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's so important because it allows us to show up the way that we want to because mm-hmm. we no longer need to get them to do something so we can feel something. Mm-hmm. We can just go into it with like care and love and curiosity. Mm-hmm. And um, and those, those, I think, are really the ways that we can uh, have a chance of, uh, of creating change for even these people who are facing um, these kind of challenges, you know, mm-hmm. addiction and things like that, uh, seems like it seems like uh, from the stories I've heard, it's it's the unconditional acceptance, mm-hmm. it's the love, it's the care, it's the connection that you're able to form with those people that actually help them overcome addiction and maybe that jogs some thoughts for you it does that's it's a it's a process so I remember for me my journey changed completely when I when I recognized that my my hope for my future cannot depend on my husband getting sober or recovering Mm. or not Mm. I had that has to be my own personal journey and when I when I recognized that it wasn't like one day I could put it down and be like, okay, now I'm good. Yeah. That I recognized it, but it was a practice. I had to I mm-hmm. had to get to a point of accepting myself for who I am, accepting that I've been impacted, accepting my own story. Yeah. And accepting that his actions and his struggle and truly believe it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Because when I believed that, then that also affected who I thought I was. Mm-hmm. So when I could let all that go and put it in its proper place, then I truly could put, accept him for who he was and where he was. Yeah. And my journey of hope began in a different direction. Yeah. And that was when his journey didn't so much um, affect my daily, you know, there might be a text that he had sent out mm-hmm. and, um, I could choose if I wanted to respond to it or not, and it sure. didn't totally jar my day. Yeah. Where back in the day, I'd I'd live for the day, live for the moment that I'd get a response, mm. and when I get a response, positive or negative, it was like it. There was this sense of um, it was almost like my own. Well, it this is going to sound a little interesting, but yeah. I've learned since then that in some ways the family become addicted to their own to their loved one in their journey, just yeah. like the loved one is addicted to their drug. Totally. So when, when I wouldn't hear something from him, mm-hmm. I would, I would begin to spiral down waiting mm-hmm. for that next mm-hmm. response where then it would mm-hmm. fill my cup back up, so to speak yeah. until it became, it would deplete again. Yeah. So that cycle, I was forever when I give, when you give somebody that power to make you happy, mm-hmm. you also give them that same power to, to, um, make you unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and then when they don't show up just right, you have mm-hmm. no option but to be unhappy and disconnected and uncaring and unloving, and that that yeah. is, it just doesn't help that dynamic for you, no. for them, for anyone really involved. And you know, I think uh, when when we have like that little shift in our in our beliefs or our thought process, you know, I I think you kind of alluded to it, but maybe I, I see it this way: like you don't need to believe that all the time Mm -hmm. but when you're in these kind of situations it's it's foggy Mm -hmm. uh it's you know there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot of confusion and and you don't always see things very clearly always Mm -hmm. but it's like these kind of moments that are important because it's like for just a second for Mm -hmm. a minute for a day Mm -hmm. the fog kind of clears you can reorient yourself figure out the direction that you want to go Mm-hmm. And then, and then it gives you some confidence to continue going in that direction, mm-hmm. even when that fog kind of closes mm-hmm. around you again. And it's so so important that you get that like little space of clarity, mm-hmm. because now it's like, okay, yep, this is where the direction that I want to go. Mm-hmm. You get some sense of confidence around it, mm-hmm. and you just need those moments, you know, every once in a while, mm-hmm. uh, and and they can kind of help you keep going. And that's what I found. Like, you know, I'm sure the clients who work with you or the clients that work with me. Like sometimes working with another professional or having that support group or a support system around you, it kind of helps 
get through that fog a little bit and, mm-hmm. and it helps kind of realign you, mm-hmm. uh, get your aim right. And then, and then you kind of go back out into that, mm-hmm. um, environment and, uh, and it, it might not just stay as yeah. crystal clear as, yeah. as it was at one point, but it doesn't need to. No, it doesn't. Cause it's a practice, you know, it's a, a practice really. Mm-hmm. Cause even when I'm, as you were speaking, I was thinking like, I still use that same tool today, even though my husband's, you know, in, in recovery and it's mm-hmm. been two years, mm-hmm. I, wow. I still practice that because I'm, I'm human. Right. Yeah. So sometimes I can react to things and then, and then I have to think, well, that's not his deal. Mm-hmm. That's my deal. Mm-hmm. My, I'm reacting because this is something I got to figure out, yeah. you know, and it's, it's actually really, it's a relief in some ways to, to be able to get to this spot of recognizing it because, because then it also gives him permission to be like, that is you. Yeah. And he doesn't have to try fix it. He doesn't have to react to my outburst or my whatever it might have been. Mm-hmm. You know, he can just go about his day and I, and I realize that I got some work to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to mm-hmm. write. I'm going to read. I'm going to, I'll come back to you in like a half an hour type of thing. And it, yeah. and it, it's just a much more um, peaceful, rational way to live. But it's it's interesting how it it stays with us. It's yeah. it, I feel like that's why I could call it my own recovery. Mm-hmm. Is because a lot of times it's just that reactive um, response to something that maybe yeah. has been triggered for some reason from something in the past or whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because you know people will tell me when I kind of go in this direction of like the, the power that you have to, to manage your responses and, mm-hmm. and to really control yourself in, within relationship, they'll, they'll tell me like, well, you can't tell me like you're not impacted by other people and, and mm-hmm. relationships and, and things like that. And, and I would say, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I still mm-hmm. have not figured out how to control other people mm-hmm. to make sure that, I can like feel the things and show up in the way that I want to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not to say that we're like completely on an island and and nobody around us should impact us. Yeah. But it's to say that when people do show up in the way that we do, yeah, we we still only have the ability to really work on ourselves. And when we say, I feel like it's a scary place to even b- believe from that if you do X, I've no, I've no, um. I have no uh, option but to do why. Yeah, uh, it's just it, it can it can leave you feeling really out of control. Yeah. And the truth is, like if you do X, I can do anything else in the alphabet. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, and when we can when we can kind of get into that mindset, now we don't have to make sure you do some other yeah. thing so that I can show up the way I want to. Yeah, I can just be like, wow, that's how you're showing up. And I can choose how to show up. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's not anything that's easy. You've talked mm-hmm. about it being a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think anyone who, who's practicing it hasn't gotten to perfection with mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. we catch ourselves, right? Yeah. And we're just yeah. like, wow, I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of believing that I have no other option but to, you know, stop talking or yell back or to mm-hmm. be upset or to feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it feels like well then we have to get them to do something different so we don't feel that way and it just mm-hmm. creates a lot of mess and then some mm-hmm. sometimes they're just kind of like be like wow here here I am trying to you know get them to do something different mm-hmm. and and uh, and then that's the point where you begin to go back to some of these these tools and mm-hmm. uh, skills that you've learned in other places and mm-hmm. um, and I think you're going to catch yourself a lot because these are. These are like reactions, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that, you know, something happens and we respond mm-hmm. and then you catch yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, to not even like blame or shame yourself mm-hmm. when you have a reactive response, mm-hmm. but just to catch yourself and to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And awareness. Yeah. That's what I tell um, the family, you know, my clients that come in and they, they're like, well, Leanne, last week you said to try, mm-hmm. you know, change mm-hmm. the way you, you communicate. Try one, one thing. Yeah. And, and I completely failed. I'm like, that's all right. We got another week, yeah. you know, try yeah. again. That that's it right. takes, we, none of us are perfect at it the mm-hmm. first time, especially when we're used to one set of behaviors and tools mm-hmm. and to put those down and implement something new is, is, um, it's not, it's not a one-time deal. Yeah. It takes time to, to, 
to, to practice it. But then also, I think what helps it is when we have that, when we see the, the benefits of the new behavior change. Yeah. Because then that's like a positive reinforcement. Like, okay, I want to do that again. You yeah. know? No, I think that's so true that, you know, the, the old tools and the old ways mm-hmm. actually, no matter how convincing you are in the office, Leanne, mm-hmm. it's like my brain's mm-hmm. like, these are the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how it works. It's like, you know, if I'm yelling at my spouse and you tell me to like try some other process, it's like, oh yeah, I can see how it works, but I ain't going away from this, right? Yeah. I'm going to keep yeah. using this. feels like the best tool that I have in my toolbox. I think of yeah. like, you know, going fishing. We've talked about this with my buddies when we're on the boat fishing. It's like, you have that like one lucky lure that you always catch fish on. Well, you catch fish on it because it's the only lure you use, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so then your brain kind of thinks like it works and, and yeah. it's it's really good. And it's it feels, you know, it feels scary to even go to a different lure yeah. or a different tool. Yeah. But I think you're right. Uh, another kind of analogy that comes to mind is like I went to the top of Ellis Tower in Chicago and they have this like little glass platform that you walk out on. Mm-hmm. First time you walk out on it, it's like, this is nuts. Like, yeah it doesn't feel safe at all. Um, yeah. But once you go out on it and you come back, your brain is like, wasn't that big of a deal, right? Like it, it worked. You have that yeah. positive reinforcement. Yeah. I went on it. I went off it. I survived. Yeah. And it was yeah. actually fun. It was yeah. a good experience or whatever. Now, yeah. now you can actually go out on it again. Yeah. But I think uh, when you're, when you're using tools like this and you're changing the way that you do things, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to do it the first few mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. really what, what I offer is like, take the risk, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's a risk. It's an emotional risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I like to tell clients, like when they're taking some of these emotional risks, I've never lost anyone in the mm-hmm. process, right? Like yeah. people have survived and sometimes mm-hmm. it can hurt, but it's an emotional pain and that's okay. We can deal with that. Yeah. But you, you take this risk, you get a different outcome, a different response mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's something that, well, then your brain is like, you all of a sudden you have a new lucky lure, you know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, just like that. So yeah, it, it does take a little bit of uh, throwing caution to the wind or something like that to, yeah. to even create these kinds of changes and dynamics. Yeah. And I like to ask them, you know, well, what, what have you, what have you been doing and, and how is that working? Mm-hmm. So if you've been doing X, Y, and Z for the last five years, but you, nothing's changed, yeah. What have you got to lose if yeah, you try something new? It's question. it's going to be in this. You're in, at the end of the day. You're at the same place. Yeah. You know. You're not. You can't get any worse. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So let's try it. Let's try it. Just let's just, just try try it one time and yeah. see what happens. You know, and see what happens after a week. Come back. Let's talk next week and yeah. see what happened in the week. Yeah. You know. And I've watched clients here so many times. Like the brain gets it, mm-hmm. but the body doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I can yeah. I empathize so much with that. It's like I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just can't do it. And in my work, I'm working with with couples and all they are doing is they're having a conversation. Yeah. And and their conversation pattern goes right back to the way they've always communicated, right? Yeah. It can get elevated, it can get like emotional in the sense of like upset angry mm-hmm. hurt like those mm-hmm. kind of things mm-hmm. and and to communicate in like a, a more owning my own experience through this a little bit i would call it more vulnerable way yeah like i can explain how this could be helpful mm-hmm. and clients are like i can see that and i'm not gonna do that yeah um, yeah i had one client tell me like it feels ishy to do this and yeah and i think like it's that vulnerability yeah. that um, your brain is like, or your body or, or whatever is just like, oh, yeah, I don't think you want to expose yourself like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep that protection up and, and yeah. keep that, you know, uh, distance there because it, it feels like you could get hurt here. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's so important that we start where we do, where we're validating them. Yeah. We're kind of regulating them yeah. and it becomes easier to kind of move towards that coin that you yeah. talk about and yeah. just take that whole coin yeah. because now we don't need them to help us believe something about us. Yeah. We're already there. Yeah. And now we can help them believe something about them, which is like, I think it's magic. I think it's like yeah. the most powerful yeah. thing that we have. I think have. it is too. I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like as humans, 
when we put the expectation on other people mm -hmm. to care for us, it seems like things go wrong. Mm -hmm. But when we get the care that we need mm -hmm. ourselves, we we move into this place where we're able to care for other people. Yeah. And and yeah. it's like it, it works that way. Yeah. But it doesn't always seem to work the other way. Yeah. And um I don't know why that is, but uh, you know, there's a lot of research that even shows like um one of the most impactful things that you can do when you're feeling like down or low or mm -hmm. depressed mm -hmm. as you go and volunteer. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Like yeah. that actually like changes yeah. our, 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 our internal physiological, uh, you know, responses and feelings and, and, uh, ways that we're showing up. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, it's true in relationships and things like that when we're kind of down low and looking for something to come to us yeah. and we kind of stay stuck. Yeah. And if we can just, do what we need to do to get into more of an an outward response. It, yeah. it seems to help. And yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I just know that yeah. it does. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. It is. Yeah, serving others. Yeah, I I actually had that thought earlier because I I'm doing a the month of May is mental health awareness, mm -hmm. and um, last week was just bringing awareness to mental health, and then this week is self care. But in thinking about men mental health, I it brought me back to a a point in my own recovery. That I were where I was probably at my lowest. I was, um, yeah. It was it was just a really hard time. I, I may, mm -hmm. I did I, I had contemplated you know suicide a few different times, mm -hmm. maybe three different times. I'd never had a plan. I never had. Mm -hmm. It's not that I wanted mm -hmm. to die, but I wanted um, relief from my pain. Yeah. And that very same month, I got my job at New Beginnings. Wow. And I thought in that, in the, in this, um, when I was thinking about it, I was like, that's so, that, that's so ironic mm -hmm. that the very thing that was bringing me to that point, yeah. the, the very thing that helped me was going right into that to help those yeah. that were struggling in the very same illness that was bringing me down. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I've contemplated that. I thought how interesting it is. Cause I, I do believe that that job is what helped me start this whole journey isn't that amazing mm -hmm. yeah it really I think, is i think you know what you touch on is is like the truth of of so many things like i've heard it this way that you know even even in my work i am i am not you know a world-leading renowned expert mm -hmm. but i do think that i'm i'm just a step or two ahead of other people mm -hmm. and and my job is just kind of like looking over my shoulder mm -hmm. and reaching back to the people who are just right where I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that to me is just, it's so powerful that, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's mm -hmm. really what you're talking about there mm -hmm. is, as you kind of were in this process, you're learning, mm -hmm. you're growing and, and you didn't have to be an expert to help other mm -mm. people. Mm -mm. You just really were there mm -hmm. turning around and saying, I've been there. I know that mm -hmm. come with me. I mm -hmm. can show you kind mm -hmm. of a path forward. And mm -hmm. I think like, uh, that that is it, it's so powerful and mm -hmm. um, something that you talk to there and and then it being kind of there and getting your feet wet mm -hmm. and it's allowed you mm -hmm. to process a lot of things for yourself mm -hmm. and it's allowed you to bring a lot of people with you and mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I, I think that that way of of seeing it is is reality mm -hmm. um, and I don't think we should diminish that at all you know that yeah. that it was something we should. Uh, share that, yeah you know we we as mental health uh you know support staff and things like that mm -hmm. uh, addiction recovery support mm -hmm. staff like we are humans yeah you're a human i'm a human yeah they're a human yeah and and it's like no one is at least in my view no one has separated themselves from mm -hmm. humanness mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. And, and like, if I can see myself like that, then I can mm -hmm. see you like that and I can mm -hmm. see them like that. Mm -hmm. And if I can show them how to see themselves by yeah. showing them how I see them and I see myself, mm -hmm. I think we, we just teach them, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes through example mm -hmm. that, that they feel, I know they're that because I've been there, yeah. they feel like they're somehow less, yeah. they're somehow lower. Yeah. And I've talked on this podcast a lot about a lot of my different struggles that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, and 
And these tools that I use and these tools that I offer and the things mm-hmm. that I teach in here mm-hmm. are the same things that I use. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Um, that yeah. I, I'm a believer in them, number one. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how they've helped my life. And mm-hmm. it hasn't made me better than mm-hmm. you. It's mm-hmm. just made my life a little bit more manageable. And I want to help you manage yeah. your life too, because mm-hmm. it's it's not fun to... Uh, to be in that unmanaged Mm-mm. life. I, I know that so well. No, and I think just to, to normalize it, not that we would want to, it to be normal for people to be that low, yeah. but normalize that this is how we're impacted as families. Yeah. It, this is the reality of it. Totally. If, if, if you don't get better, you get worse. Yeah. And, and to me, for me, that's where it went. It went to that point where I didn't see another option, mm-hmm. you know, Thankfully, there were, at that at that same time there was things in place yeah. that helped bring me out. Yeah. But um, and you were able to see those and and to accept them. And mm-hmm. I think like that's mm-hmm. that's something that you know maybe you didn't even realize no. it, but I think it's important to yeah. to highlight that oftentimes those things are there. Yeah. Um, and just at the right time, mm-hmm. our brain kind of looks for them. Our brain is looking to survive too, by oh, the way. Oh, totally it is. Uh, and I, I remember going to that interview for that job. Yeah. And um, my dad called me on my way home and he's like, so how was it? And I was like, oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, when do you start? I'm like, in two weeks. And he was like, how much are you going to make? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and he's like, really? Yeah. He's like, I've never heard of someone going to an interview and accepting a job and not have any idea what they're going to make. That's so awesome. I was like, dad, at the end of the day, I don't even care. Yeah. I just want the job. Yeah. And I, so I think I think that was in my own way, knowing I needed something. Yeah. You know, or or it was just led. It mm-hmm. was it was put in my path. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's so true, and mm-hmm. um, and and as we kind of just keep keep uh, doing our job to to reach out for those supports, whatever the form they mm-hmm. come in, mm-hmm. uh, it does seem to work out, and mm-hmm. uh, it can be hard to believe, it can be hard to see, the mm-hmm. fog can be heavy, mm-hmm. but um, time and time again, we've we've heard and seen and and uh, have experienced stories like that where. Um, just the right thing comes at the right time, mm-hmm. and uh, we just gotta look for it, wait mm-hmm. for it sometimes, but mm-hmm. know that it's gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then be, you know, I guess for offer hope, instill hope in families. Yeah, you know, yeah. Talk about that. How do how do you do that with uh, with your clients, with your families? Like, what's what do you feel like allows for hope to be instilled? Um. Well, for the most part, I don't share too much of my story. If they ask, I, I do share. Obviously, they know I've been impacted and, I, and that I'm I've been ex, I have experience, mm-hmm. but I don't um, go into great detail because it's about them. Yeah. But I do. But they know that I know. Yeah. That, and and I guess just and that's about them. Like it's, yeah. it's so valuable that they know that yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And know. that's what I want them to know that I know, and that yeah. it's all that they feel, all that they've done, all that they've said, all the things that they've tried. I, mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and then knowing that there's a way through it and they're in that they don't have to stay where they are. And there's there is hope, if not for their loved one, there for sure is for them. Yeah. And um, that that's at the end of the day. My main thing is, yeah. is I don't want. I'm so thankful for the hope that I had mm-hmm. that I want other families to have that same hope that it, it this is hard. It's it's brutal. It's um, painful, mm-hmm. but it but we don't have to live in those those yeah. dark emotions of addiction. We can we can live in the 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 um the side of it that there's there's hope and the empowerment yeah. that we as families do have, yeah. learning what we can. And for some reason, I think that there's so much hope embedded in this isn't only my experience, mm-hmm. uh, and. And when we can believe that, when we can see that, for some reason, we get hopeful. It's like, because a lot of, I would say, families and uh, individuals who are experiencing these kinds of trials or or, uh, hardship, our brain is always quick to tell us, like, no one else is really experiencing Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can feel so hopeless. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, then what? You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm the only one... What do you do? And then once you find out that you're not the only one, and a lot of these experiences are very common, mm-hmm. um, 
all of a sudden it's like, okay, then there must be something here. Mm -hmm. And if there's not something, at least I'm with other people. And for some Mm -hmm. reason, Mm -hmm. uh, there's an old saying, misery likes company. Yeah. And and I like company. Mm -hmm. And wherever I am, I want company, I guess. So Mm -hmm. uh, just knowing that sometimes is just so relieving mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. and uh and when we can experience that it can again help our brain now uh look for other possibilities that are available for us for recovery or or uh for support and help and things mm-hmm. like that uh for changing the way we see things and all that mm-hmm. good stuff so mm-hmm. yeah it's uh the brain is is really at the core of this. That's what mm-hmm. I'm kind of coming around to is, mm-hmm. is that for the family, for the individual who has someone who's experiencing addiction in their lives, um, above all, you're going to be facing your brain mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be, that's maybe in some ways we could say that that is the biggest challenge that you're facing Yeah, yeah. is, uh, is your brain. It's not that, uh, person who's addicted it's not the drugs yeah but it's your own mind yeah um yeah and and that's nothing to sneeze at it's Mm -hmm. nothing to take lightly but uh and it's nothing to do alone Mm -mm. i think i think it's something that um you know our our brain is uh it's kind of in its own world Mm -hmm. and it has a hard time seeing itself from outside of itself Mm -hmm. and uh, i think einstein says you know uh, you can't use the same thinking to solve a problem that you use to create it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of the times, you know, the problems that we're facing are kind of illusions created mm-hmm. by our own mind. Yeah. And our brain can't see out of that. And no. so when we do reach out for support, <clears throat> doesn't always need to be, you know, a, a mental health professional or a, mm-hmm. an addiction specialist. Sometimes it just starts with our friends. Yeah. So those close to us. Yeah. Uh, that we trust and we know and we share with them. Mm-hmm. And um, and all of a sudden things become a little bit more malleable, a little bit uh, more fluid. Yeah. We can start to move things around. And I've heard from many, many people that, you know, uh, it was my friend who helped me reach out to you. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking to so-and-so and, and they really helped me uh, reach mm-hmm. out to, you know, mm-hmm. someone for help. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and so it doesn't need to be straight to some unknown person. Yeah. It just needs to be somebody. And yeah. and if there's anything that you're going through in life, I don't believe we have to do it alone. No. Uh, and and if the, if if that's what your brain's telling you that you have to keep this a secret, you have to do it alone. Uh, you're the only one here in it. Uh, maybe this is a message for you that uh, stop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop it in the kindest way I can possibly say. Mm-hmm. And and just take that risk, you know, to go out on kind of that glass pedestal, 86 floors up like I did on Ellis mm-hmm. Tower and and just maybe for no other reason than for the, the, the fact of, of proving me wrong, mm-hmm. reach out. Yeah. And uh, see what happens. Yeah. It didn't, I didn't reach out straight to a, a professional either. Mm-hmm. It started from my own self. It started out reaching out to those that, that I love the most. Mm-hmm. And it was those closest to me, you know, mm-hmm. my family, my parents, yeah, and uncle, you yeah. know, those that I trusted. Yeah. And from there, I was given the courage and strength then to reach out for professional help. So amazing. So it's, it does start with those closest to you, yeah. I think, most often. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody kind of has their own route. Some people are like, there's no way I'm telling anyone close to me. Mm-hmm. And and then they come into my office and what do we do? We get to work to figure mm-hmm. out how to get to a place where we can talk to those closest to them. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I I do not believe I'm in a position to be that person. And mm-hmm. and really what um what I, I want to do is I want to instill those close, safe connections in your life mm-hmm. so you don't need to come to me forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is kind of like one of the primary things that we work on and we're going to help you with that, but Mm -hmm. know that, that those closest, safest relationships are where we want to be seen Mm -hmm. as we are, Mm -hmm. not as some illusion of ourselves, because that just keeps us in this pain for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it feels helpful and and it's not. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it is when, especially when we're struggling with things and we don't know where to turn, 
cultivating those relationships that we can then lean on and trust is is important. And mm -hmm. maybe you don't have someone like that in your life right now that you can just turn to and share. Uh, and I would say that's a good time then to come and find a professional who can mm -hmm. help you, who can help you cultivate those relationships. And those mm -hmm. are the things that are going to carry you through mm -hmm. life uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So we're coming to the end of our time here, Leanne. I want to just maybe bounce it back to you to see if there's anything here that you want to add or, or feel like we've missed or uh, share. Yeah, I feel like we've touched on all the important parts of it. You know, I'll just add on to what Brett said. If if you do find yourself in um, impacted by addiction, um, you're not alone. Mm. Um, it does take a, a courage to um, reach out um, for help because it is a difficult thing for one, mm -hmm. and for two, you're it's a for some reason us as families we can feel somehow shamed and mm -hmm. and um, it it just keeps us in that place of of quiet but yeah. really that's where the addiction thrives mm -hmm. is when it's quiet mm -hmm. so reach out to somebody um anybody that you trust and and um know that there's hope out there there's yeah. help for you and there's hope yeah so there's someone out there who's kind of like you know leanne is someone that i need in my life how do they how do they add them add you to their life how do they work with you so you can go onto my website at www.evolvefamilyrecovery.org. And then through there, there's a link to um, email me. Mm -hmm. Or you can just straight out email me um, at leanne at evolvefamilyrecovery.org. And then also you can call me at 612-850-9376. And you can follow her on Instagram because that's what I do. And she produces some awesome content on there. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what's your Instagram handle? Um, evolve.familyrecovery. Addiction Family Recovery. Evolve.addiction Family Recovery. Yeah. Or just, I think if you put in the search bar, evolve addiction, usually it pops up yeah. pretty quick. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you are doing some amazing work over there for sure. Keep it up. I appreciate you for coming back on. Again, and sharing this conversation with the listeners there, uh, it's so valuable. It's a topic that I don't think can be discussed enough. And if, if there's anything that we did here, Leanne, I, I hope it just did exactly what we've talked about. It's shed some hope. It's given some direction. It's kind of cleared the fog for just a minute for mm -hmm. um, those people who are experiencing these things. And uh, I know you would say the same thing that, uh, we know how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. uh, we can see that it's not easy. Um, it's not simple. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're here to help. So, uh, And there's other people who are so willing to help. And mm -hmm. you just put your hand out and, and help will come. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me, Brett. Absolutely. You'll be on again, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, Leanne. Bye-bye. This has been the Fighting for Connection podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want more content like this, check out my Connected Couples Campus, which can be found on my website, www.pivotalapproach.com, and become the difference you need in your relationship. Mm -hmm.